Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we explore scripture and delve into the Word of God. Jesus is coming back. Are you ready for Jesus? I am ready and I'm brightly dressed. And he could come back any moment and I'm waiting. I hope you are waiting. We'd love to take a moment and welcome our online family. Come on, Watero Church downtown. Welcome our online family. On air, on TV, wherever you are around the world, welcome to the greatest celebration on planet Earth, the celebration of King Jesus. I'm so glad to be here. My name is Eddie, and I'm from Watoro Church in Tinda. You know, Watoro, we are just one big family in many rooms. And I'm here with my hot, beautiful, dark, chocolate, baby, Martha Mwesege right here. All right? Uh-huh. Amazing. But just before we go ahead with my dark, hot chocolate, let me take a moment and welcome some special friends from Canada. Uh, the Rokoski family, Laurie, Chris, and Ethan, please stand up. Let's welcome you. Stand up, stand up. Thank you so much for your love for Watoto. They are here to visit their sponsored child, although from Canada, they're going to be graduating this week, and Ethan is helping out in the Sports Academy. Thank you so much for your partnership, for your love for Watoto. Thank you. You are making a big, 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 big difference. Are you ready for God's word? It's coming. It's coming. You know, I said I'm going to come back to my hot dark chocolate, my wife. My bride of 16 years. 16 years married to that beautiful girl over there. At university, I met her. I liked her. I chased her. She made it easy for me to chase her. (laughs) And then we set the dates for our wedding. But that took so long. I was this single young man who could not wait for that day. I bought my suit, I bought my shoes, everything was ready. In my house, I'd look at them every time, I'm like, I will try them on, I'm like, are they still fitting? I would imagine walking just in the aisle waiting for my bride. And even for her, she told me she had bought a dress, but she didn't show me the dress because she wanted me to be surprised. But I believe every moment she would try to see if she still fits. In case she had overeaten, she would just go and lose weight just to ensure that when the groom lays eye upon her, the groom would be so proud of her. And then on the 5th of May, 2007, we showed up in this room. I walked in that aisle as gently and very fast. Because I couldn't wait for my bride. And then I stood right here And then everybody who came to celebrate with us stood up. And then voila, the most beautiful bride in the whole world marched in, in this beautiful white gown. Let me tell you, in my culture, men don't cry. I shed a tear that day. (laughs) And she walked in. Then I just went there. We got married. And as they say, The rest is history. But you know, that day was so special for me. I could not wait. 
I looked forward to that day. And she looked forward to that day even much more. Because girls, I'm told, they plan their weddings when they're still kids. <laughs> now I say this, not because it's an amazing, beautiful story, but this is the same picture that God gives to us. In regards to our groom Jesus who's coming back very soon. And over the last three weeks we've been looking at the series, Get Ready. We want you to be ready for our groom Jesus. The signs around us, the wars, disease, floods, earthquakes, immorality that is rising up. Let me tell you, these are signs that are letting us know that Jesus is coming back very soon. And Jesus wants to come back for a people, a bride that is ready, that has anticipated his coming back. Now the apostle Peter, Peter in 2 Peter says this, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Nobody knows. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth, and everything done in it will be laid bare. So then, dear friends, that's verse 14, since you are looking forward to this, Peter was writing to people who are looking forward, and we must be people who are looking forward, who cannot wait for a bride to come. Since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless like my bride in that gown, blameless and at peace with him. You see, Jesus is coming back for his bride and he wants this bride to be ready to be so much in love with him. And today, I want to talk about us returning to Jesus, our first love. Let us pray. God, I'm praying right now. Speak to our hearts. Jesus, you died for sinners. And through your blood, you purchased for yourself a bride, the church. And ever since then, you want us to be ready for you. You want us to anticipate, to prepare. Because when you come back, you want a church that is in love with you. So I pray, anoint your word on a moment together. In Jesus' name I do pray. And everybody said, Amen. Our main reading is from Revelations chapter 2 from verse 1 to 7. Revelation chapter 2 from verse 1 to 7. Let me read. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. The angel was the leader, the, the bishop, the pastor. And the one who walks is Jesus. Jesus walks in his church. Jesus is here right now in this place because we are his people. Jesus cares for his church and he wants us to be ready for him. And then he says this after Looking at the church in Ephesus, he said this, I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles 
but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and endured hardships for my name and have grown weary. He commended them for amazing things they have done. But verse 4, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. What an amazing scripture. The letter of Revelation is written by the Apostle John, one of the 12, who walked with Jesus and who was on the island of Patmos where he had been exiled. And Jesus gives John a revelation of things that are yet to come. But in this letter, he also gives John seven specific letters to seven churches that existed in Asia Minor. And these churches actually are models of the churches in our generation today. Now, Ephesus was a very important church. This church was founded by the Apostle Paul. When Paul rocked up in Ephesus, he preached the gospel to such an extent there was a city revival. He spent three years establishing this church. And after he left, he left his protege, Timothy, to be the pastor at this church. And also scholars say, John the Beloved, one of the 12, was an elder at this church. Now this means this church was a deep church. Just think about it, Apostle Paul. His son in the faith, Timothy. And then John the Beloved, right there, this was a church. In fact, I think many people in their day, they would think this is the church to, really, to model a church after. But yet we see that amidst this church, Jesus looked at them and saw some good things, but also he saw some things that were not so good. Because Jesus cares for his church, he always writes to his church. Because Jesus cares about Watoro Church, because Jesus cares about you as his child, he has written scripture for you, for correction, for teaching, so that you can be thoroughly equipped for every good work, but also you can be ready for his return. So three things that Jesus commanded this church for, three things. Number one, they were hardworking, they were not lazy. And this is a good thing. We must be hardworking people. If there's one thing that we are known for as Vajoro Church, we are a working church. In fact, this coming month, we are going to be putting up a great Christmas production right on this stage. Guys are working so hard. The works of Vajoro Church have been had around the world. We have cared for over 5,000 boys and girls in Vajoro Child Care Ministries. We are a working church, and that is an amazing thing to celebrate. Amen? That is amazing. The second thing he commends them for, they were faithful. 
They were persevering. They did not quit on Jesus even when they had the opportunity to. As Christians, because we are not of this world, we are going to face persecution. Jesus said that in this world, you will have trouble, but do not give up. I have overcome. In other words, Jesus has the final word in your life. So they persevered. They were faithful. They didn't give up. And what other church? I think we are a faithful church as well. The third commendation was they were a discerning congregation. They were pure in doctrine. They could see false people. The false apostles, false teachings. And if you know one thing about us here at Watoro, we too, we have told false teachers to get out of this place. We don't tolerate falsehoods and even people who are living in sin and they're not repentant. It looks like this is what our church right here. Three commendations, but then they had a spot on their record. They had lost their first love. They had lost their passion for Jesus Christ. They were busy working for Jesus, but without being in love with Jesus. It is true. Love must be seen through what you do, but it's also true you can do without loving. They had lost their first love. Their works were not coming out of an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And the same is true for us here in this place with the Wachoro family, wherever you are around the world. On, you can be working for Jesus, yet not being in love with Jesus. And today God is telling us, return to your first love. Because Jesus is coming back for a church that is in love with him. Not a church that tolerates him. You know, when a young man and a young woman fall in love, you know what happens? Oh my goodness, they talk to one another. In Uganda, you know, you can run out of airtime because for us, we load airtime and then it runs out. And then the other one loads, it runs out. You look forward to meeting each other. You just enjoy spending time with each other without an agenda. In even just looking at your noses flaring, it's just fun. That's what the first love is, this passion. You are in awe of one another. And then you get married and then the honeymoon is over. You begin to take each other for granted. You lose your first love. Now Jesus tells this church three things that I believe he's telling us today. Three things in order to return to our first love. Three hours. Number one, he tells them, remember. Number two, he says, repent. And then thirdly, Repeat. Three R's. I would like you to say them with me. Everybody say, remember. remember. Repent. Repent. Repeat. Repeat. He says, remember how far you have fallen. Remember. How far you've fallen. You used to love me. You used to enjoy spending time with me. Remember how far you have fallen. You see, when you are first 
saved the moment you gave your life to Christ. You looked forward to praying. You looked forward to spending time with Jesus. You looked forward to serving the Lord. It was a pleasure for you serving. You would walk from university to this place to serve because it was an honor because of what God had done for you. You looked forward to fellowshipping with other believers because you understood that when you come together, life is better together, you are able to shepherd one another. When there was a mission trip, you were the first on the list. Why? Because you're so grateful for the grace, the mercy, and the love of God towards you. Everything was flowing out of relationship, not out of duty. Remember how far you've fallen. For us to return to our first love, we must first and foremost remember. In the Old Testament, every time God did something significant in the lives of his children, he asked them to build an altar. He also asked them, he institutionalized festivals that they had to celebrate year after year. Why? To remember. I'm reminded of this one when they crossed the Jordan after they arrived on the other side of the promised land, God told Joshua to choose a man from each tribe to go back into dry Jordan, pick a stone, to build an altar because he knew that there's going to be a generation that is going to come and they will forget what God did. And if they look at this altar, then they'll tell the story. You see, these stones are from the depth of that river. God dried it. We walked on dry land. What a God. What a Savior. What a deliverer. He's worthy of the worship, honor, and praise. And they will return to their first love. You see, when we remember there's that nostalgia that comes. It's like when you look at those pictures of your wedding. <sighs> she was hot. No, she's still hot. You just forgotten. <laughs> you look at those babies when they're young. You're like, oh, shoo, boo, boo. But now, they're demanding. It reminds you you see the beauty. You remember. And when you remember, passion comes back. Jesus wants us to come back to his first love. We must remember how far we have fallen. Remember. If Jesus is not first, it is sin. That's why he says number two, repent. Repent. You mean... Falling from the first love is sin, yes. That's what he says, repent. These are the words of Jesus, not my words. When Jesus is not first in your life, it is sin. Repent from dutiful worship. Repent if you love serving him more than you love him. Repent if you love your family more than Jesus. Repent if I love preaching more than I love Jesus that I'm preaching about. Repent if I love the purity of the gospel and of the word, but I don't love the giver of the word. Repent because Jesus must be first. Turn away. Let's go back. And one of the first love killers that we must repent of is sin. You know what sin does? Like David understood this. Have mercy on me, O God, according to unfailing love. 
Do not hide your face away from me. Do not take your Holy Spirit. Because understood that what sin does wrecks the relationship. Repent. Turn away. Come back to Jesus. Because the first thing that goes is a first love. Then you begin to compromise. And then you begin to sin. And all of a sudden you become an apostate. Repent. Jesus wants to come for a bride that really loves him. Not a bride that tolerates him. Not a bride that just wants to use him because of his power. Oh, church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is looking for a passionate church. He says, repent. Turn away from cold worship. Cold service. We need to be white hot in love with Jesus Christ. And then he says, repeat the things you did at first. Repeat the things you did at first. What are those things? Remember, you looked forward to prayer. Go back and pray. You looked forward to his word. Even though you didn't understand it, you just looked forward. Go back into his word. Do you remember those days when you came to church, you came with a notebook and a pen, you wrote everything, including the jokes. <laughs> but now you feel you have grown your deep. I will just remember. No, you're going to forget. I will go back and watch online. No, you won't. You'll be distracted. Go back to praying. Go back to his word. Go back to fellowship. Go back to going for the mission. You know, you begin doing these things and then the passion just comes back. Repeat the things you did at first. Watch out of church. We need to remember how far we've fallen. We need to repent. And turn away from going the wrong direction. And we need to repeat the things we did at first. Because if we don't, Jesus warns us. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But one of the key things of, I love about God's word is that He shows us how to return. He motivates us. And you know what motivates us, friends? It is the gospel. <laughs> you know what the gospel is? It is good news. And the reason it's good news is because there's bad news. Before you understand the good news, you must be aware of the bad news. You know, some of us, we think we're so good, that's why God saved us. No. Jesus needs to die for good people. He died for sinners. And unless we have a good diagnosis of who we really are, we can't return to our first love. You see, the Apostle John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, he says this. We love him because he first loved us. In other words, we must be smitten by the love of God for us to love him back. We must understand that, but also we must understand how he's loved us. Jesus did not come and die for good people because there's no good person. And the apostle Paul gives us a picture of who we really are. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. I'm going to read a couple of verses right here for us to really understand 
who really are and appreciate the love, the grace, and the mercy of Jesus Christ so that everything we do, we do them out of love and gratitude. Paul says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions. You and I were dead. Physically alive, spiritually dead. And sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. We were followers of Satan. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us, Paul includes himself there, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying. We enjoyed sin. Sinners enjoy sin. Some of you are here still enjoying it. Repent. Gratifying the gravity of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. We were dead men and women walking, awaiting the judgment of God. But, I love the but. Don't you love the but in the Bible? But, because of his great love for us sinners, dead, trespassers, evildoers, lust, prideful people, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. You have not been saved because of your good. You've been saved because God has been merciful. He has been gracious to you and that should motivate you to love him. Like ever before, you and I deserve the wrath of God, but God withheld wrath. Instead, judged his son instead of us. What we were unable to do because we were powerless, God did by sending his son in the likeness of the flesh, and he became a sin offering for us. Jesus, not only did he die for us, he died instead of us. Now that you have been graced, now that you have been loved, now that God has been merciful to you, what ought to be your right response to God? I love you because you loved me first. I love you because you first loved me. I offer you my life because you offered your life to me in the first place. I love you back. I want to serve you because you served me with every part of who you are in, uh, uh, until you died on the cross. What a savior. What a God. If that, if that does not motivate you, I don't know what else will. We love him because he first loved us. You see the awareness that <laughs> I'm a sinner. I deserve death, but I've been loved. Just makes Jesus one of a kind. Nobody will ever love you. Nobody has ever loved you like Jesus has loved you. No one. So 
So what does he say? Two. The one who has an ear. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life which is in the paradise of God. Paul is saying that if we repent and return to our first love, God is going to give us his presence. You see, friends, we need the presence of Jesus every day. Moses understood this. He said, if you do not go, we don't want to go. Don't send an angel. We want you. He understood this. Because the presence of Jesus marked out the children of God. The presence of Jesus marks us out. If the one who overcomes, the one who remembers, repents, repeats, Jesus is saying, I'm going to come back and dwell amidst you. And this is for us, Waterloo Church. God has given us, by His grace, favor and influence. If we do not return to our first love, His word is telling us God is going to take away the light that we have. He's going to blow out the influence that God has given to us. God has given us influence here in Uganda and around the world. Let's not live for the influence. Let us live for Jesus, our first love. Amen. Let us live for Jesus. He's our first love. And as we prioritize Him, better days are yet to come. So what is God telling us, friends, today? We need to return. Because God is going to send his son Jesus to come back for a church that is intimately in love with him. He promises paradise. I'm reminded of that thief on the cross. The one who was humble. There were two. One was insulting. The other one said, remember me. And then just said, this day, you are going to be with me in paradise. You see, most of us think paradise is a place. No, it's more than a place. Paradise is a person. It's Jesus. Take Jesus away from that place, it's meaningless. Jesus says, when you remember, when you repent and you repeat the things you did at first, he is going to be with you wherever you go. And in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. In his presence, that's where we belong. He says, when you prioritize me, I'm going to be amidst you. Friends, if there's one thing that I pray that never leaves this church, it is the presence of God. But that happens only when we come back to our first love. Are you ready for Jesus? Repent. How are you doing today? When it comes to your relationship with Jesus, is it cold? Jesus wants you to be in love with him. He's saying, repent. Repeat the things you did at first. And repentance is first and foremost acknowledging how far you've fallen. You acknowledge you are a sinner. And the second thing, you turn to Jesus. 
to save you. And I want us to pray this very moment. And the question I'm asking you today, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about? And this is what I know. He's convicting you to return to Jesus, your first love. But as many of you in this place, you have not even placed your faith in Jesus. He loves you so much. He died the death that you deserved. And he is inviting you today to become his child today. He wants to save you. He wants to save you. He is coming back. And last week we saw when he comes back, only those who place their faith in him are going to be taken to paradise. And those who have rejected him are going to be judged. God does not want you to be judged. Why? His son, Jesus, was judged on the cross in your place. And when you place your faith in Jesus and turn to Jesus as your only Savior, you are given that free gift of salvation and you become God's child. Let's buy it and pray. God, I thank you so much for this moment. I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much because you love us so much. You love your church. You walk through the church and you see everything and you see even beyond what man sees. Man sees on the outside, but you see in our hearts. We can never lie to you. You are aware of our hearts. You are aware of where we are. And when your word is spoken, you said, whoever has an ear, let them hear. Meaning, let them do what I'm saying they should do. And today you're telling us to return. But also, there are people here who need to make their first time decision to become children of God. It is a gift that you give to anyone who acknowledges their sinners and they turn to you as the only Savior. And to such, you forgive and they become children of God. So if you're in this place, my brother, my sister, my friend, and you've not placed your faith in Jesus Christ, I want to pray for you. But also if you're in this place and you've walked away from your faith, you've been living your own life, living in sin, and today you know that you need to turn to Jesus, I want to pray for you. In person, on air, online, you can sense the Holy Spirit tugging your heart to say, surrender your heart to Jesus. Listen to Him and obey His voice. Return, come to Jesus. Jesus is coming back soon for a people who are in love with him. If that is you, my friend, you would love to surrender your heart to Jesus today. If that is you, would you raise your hand wherever you are? In person, online, there is a link that is showing up. Click it, fill in the details, and someone, one of us is going to get back in touch with you. Raise your hand today. You know it in this place. God bless you. God bless you. Today, it's your day. Return, come to Jesus. Upstairs, raise your hand. Raise that hand to Jesus. Raise that hand. I'm going to be praying shortly. You matter. It is just something that you're doing to signify what is happening in your heart. Lift up that hand. I'm going to pray for you. Young and old, we must all acknowledge. God bless you. 
God bless you all across in this place. One more time, is there any person today, you sense in your heart, I don't have to convince you, I'm simply being used of God to do what only God is doing in your heart. Raise your hand, you know, today's the day to come back to Jesus. Now, Father, thank you so much, my friends in this place are raising their hands to you. I also thank you so much, my friends online, on air, who are surrendering their hearts to you, returning to you, coming to you, our first love. Lord, in this moment, a miracle has happened. The old is gone. Forgiveness has come. God, I pray that today may they experience the joy of being forgiven and the joy of knowing it is well they are your children. And Father, for the rest of us as a church family, God, I'm praying that as we've had your word, may we do the things we did at first because you are coming back for a church that is in love with you. I thank you, honor you. In Jesus' name I do pray and all God's people said, amen and amen. Can we celebrate our friends who have said yes to Jesus in this place online on air? God bless you. Thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to step into the new. Tune in next time as we delve into the word of God. For comments and feedback or counseling, write to connect at watotochurch.com. Hey, hey,